find the answers to questions you may or may not have asked yourself here at Kaleidoscience, Conversations on Cognitive Science, hosted by Elisa Palmer and Sönke Löw. We were at a special event, which was the Coxie Space Day. There we had the chance to talk to a great variety of different people and talk about their fields of interest. May they be students or professors. We talked about various aspects of cognitive science, such as neuroscience, linguistics, philosophy or artificial intelligence, and many more. All the interviews were kept rather short, and another exception of our bonus episodes will be that not only Zünke and me are hosting, but also our two amazing producers Alina and Sophie, and both will jump into this role of being an interviewer. So stay curious and tune in. Hello, and welcome to our podcast. Um, I would like to ask you to introduce yourself with your name and what you do and your general field of research. Well, thank you for having me. I'm Linda Ario. I'm a bachelor student in cognitive science in Osnabrück. And the topic that I'm most interested in is altered states of consciousness, particularly in psychedelic science or also, for example, meditation, breath work. This is something that I've been looking into right now. I think we're going to hear quite a lot about that later yeah. <laughs> on and like it's one of those topics I have never touched in my whole study so it's going to be super interesting for me but before we dive into our topic we as always want to play a short game uh, where we have one sentence which is as a kid I always wanted to be well as a kid I always wanted to be a witch <laughs> <laughs> getting there <laughs> Step by step. And how far are you getting a witch now? Well, I think as we grow old, we notice that the world is just as magical as we imagined as a child, but in a different way. I think, especially in science, it just every time I discover something new, I'm like, okay, this cannot be true. This is just mind-blowing. and yeah. It just makes me fascinated by life even more. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You said that you're in your bachelor's, so you just started studying actually. So, or did you do a different background? How did you get here? What did you do? Did it change what you're interested in? So, what are you doing? Yeah, interesting enough, I always wanted, well, I was, I started wanting to study cognitive science in seventh grade. <laughs> so, that's early, that's really early. <laughs> yeah, so I actually had like a target <laughs> and I got there. Right now, I'm in the phase like, hmm, what do I do after this? <laughs> And I have to plan a little bit more. But um, I started, I got into cognitive science through books, mainly like popular science. Um, I, in my family, there's quite few linguists. So there was always a little bit of debates going on. Noam Chomsky, Steven Pinker, and that's mostly how I got into it. Also just watching some lectures online, Sapolsky's the one that I'm in love with. <laughs> and always watch him again and again. Um, what's the question again? Yeah, I'm in my seventh um, semester right now. So not exactly in the beginning of my bachelor's, but in the beginning of my career, yeah. I would say. And like you said that your main field of interest is like psychedelic or not, not only psychedelic drugs, but also in general consciousness and how to influence consciousness. If I was a kid, how would you explain what you're trying to find out? Well, I think... Um, We can say that it's, for example, you have a way of seeing the world and it's trying to imagine how would that be different. For example, uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in Brazil and it's a very, very, very big country. 
So everywhere you go, you can like walk and travel kilometers, hours, and everybody you're gonna meet is gonna be in this culture. They're gonna be speaking that language, they're gonna be having the same background. And that sometimes made me feel a little trapped because I wanted to understand what was it really to be in Brazil and what was it to be in the world? Like what's the difference between being in this country and being in another country? What are things that only happen here? And what are things that are universal? that go beyond to this border. And for that, you really have to step outside of this boundary. And then you can finally see what was it inside for the first time when you have this outside perspective. And I think that psychedelics and altered states of consciousness is really getting to go outside of where you normally live and seeing from an outside perspective. And yeah. With the altered state of consciousness, so um, first of all, how would you for the moment define what you think consciousness is? Like just just a, a hypothesis. You don't, not, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to <laughs> be a finite <laughs> definition, but since our listeners are not all in the field of cognitive science, yes. I feel like that's an important thing to discuss what you would say it is. I think for me, consciousness is linked to being able to perceive something. So you get some output or, or some input from the world that comes in, and then you can, with that, produce some output. But in between, there is a step, and the step is consciousness. It's just like what's what's happening inside something. And yeah, that's the, the, the difficult thing to define because we don't really have the perspective we cannot look into somebody and know that something is happening. Okay, and when you said you're interested in altered state of consciousness, so would you say that those are different states of perception, kind of? Yes, yes, not only perception, but also how you process information. That is also a little bit difficult, because if you really look into it, there's more altered states of consciousness than normal states of consciousness. I mean, for example, if you're stressed or if you're focused, if you're in this flow states, these are all altered states because this is not what you really considered normal state. But also sleeping, dreaming, I think we have a lot of that in, in this university. It's, it's a topic everybody talks about. There's a, these are also altered states of consciousness in a way. And do you have a state of consciousness you're particularly interested in? You mentioned psychedelics and drugs earlier. Yes, I think that uh, there is a phenomenon that's a little bit elusive and it's called ego death. And it's basically a, a state of mind where you can, this is the difficult part, where like there is no self or you can step outside of yourself. This is also the question, what is the you that is stepping out of? <laughs> But I think this is a particularly interesting aspect in, in the whole yeah, science. Okay. When you think about all this consciousness and altered states of consciousness, are there any things that have surprised you recently? So was there something you've learned in the past weeks, months, which you did not expect or... Well, I feel like sometimes when you get, the deeper you get into a topic, the more you learn? Or is it yes. more like the deeper you get into it, the more or the less surprised you are? Uh, I think it depends because this topic is also one that has a lot of uh, controversies. 
So there's a lot of uh, ways to look into it. And this is also what fascinates me in cognitive science is the, the interdisciplinarity of it. So we're not looking from philosophy or from neurology. We're trying to find a common ground between all of these perspectives. Uh, something that I recently discovered. I have to think of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, well, what can I say? I, not re exactly recently, recently, but I would say in the last couple of months, I have been reading a lot on dissociative identity disorder, so DID. And it's when people have like different egos, they have different, uh, in the past it was called personality disorders, mm -hmm. different personality disorders, but basically it's the, they have like different mode operandi, they have different egos. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that they has an incredible impact on the body. So, for example, in one identity, a person can have can be nearsighted, need glasses, and in the other, the other personality doesn't. But the body in itself stays the same. And for me, it's just so interesting to see how much of who you are is actually, uh, yeah, linked to to who you think you are. So even like your eyesight, these people, some of them had allergies and other identities didn't have these allergies. And just then this, this link between the mind and the body is getting thinner every time I read a little bit more about this. I think especially when you go into this direction, because of also one fact that you hinted at was the eyesight. And when I first read about this, I was also so struck because to me, I'm wearing glasses and to me that I wear glasses is a purely bodily experience. Yeah. But then again, when you think about people who have um, a dissociative um, identity disorder, they sometimes need glasses, sometimes don't. Um, I think they're often not aware of the switches, are they? Yeah, it depends. I th oh. for this, so this disorder is actually um, a protection mechanism. Mm -hmm. So it was developed so that the body or this, the, the system, the person, doesn't know that it's happening. It's, it's trying to protect the person. So normally you wouldn't know that the switches are happening, but one of the symptoms of this disorder is that they have, for example, amnesia. So there's gonna be blocks in memories that they don't know about. And I think after a while, a lot of people, they start recognizing that. They start getting the pieces together and they can even notice when they are switching because there's something also called co-consciousness mm -hmm. where two identities can be consciousness at the same time and sometimes they can also be aware of that. It's just, um, I think especially this disorder is so fascinating because it's so hard to imagine how it feels to a person. Uh, so to me, it's really hard to ask questions about it because I've read a bit about it and I am also following a person on Instagram who is talking about this topic and I always find her videos so interesting and she tackles a lot of questions I would have never thought about. Yeah. But as soon as she speaks about them, I like, I'm always super struck by all the different um, facets this, yeah. this order has. Coming back to you, is there any scientist maybe in your current main field of interest or in general you would love to talk to and who would it be? Yeah, I think I already hinted to that, but Robert Sapolsky, he's a neuroendocrinologist, so he studies hormones in the brain and he studies also primates. I, I'm incredibly fascinated by him. Like, the way he talks is just <laughs> a 
completely perfect. He's out of humor, the way that his brain makes such connections. I would just love to spend some time with him. Do you have any specific question or topic you would like to talk to him about? Well, well his main focus or the, the things that I got most in contact from his work is about behavior of humanity. And I think there's no one question that I would like to ask him, but maybe just how can we have more compassion for others in a way? That's a very good question, mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Then I guess this is also the end of the interview. Um, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Thank you for having me. When you enjoy listening to us, the best way to support us is by following us on your chosen podcast app. This could either be Google Podcast, Spotify or Apple Podcast. Another good way to support us is by following our Instagram account, which is called kaleidoscience underscore pod. On our Instagram account, you will also get regular information on the next episode. Thanks a lot for supporting us. This was Kaleidoscience, hosted by Elisa Palmer and Sönke Löw. Produced by Elina Ohnesorge, Elisa Palmer, Sönke Löw and Sophie Kühne. Produced in collaboration with the Cognitive Science Student Journal. The music was produced by Jan Lukas Schröder. The logo was designed by Annika Richter. Thank you for listening and joining us on our journey through conversations on cognitive science.